James Charles. Can you open up to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins? Wow. Hmm. Can I just very quickly just got through reading that uh, a couple weeks ago and finished and came back and started over and in Exodus I just read yesterday uh, just in in brief it says if any of you have sinned in the camp if any of you have sinned in the camp and you realize it you're to take a bullock and sacrifice it and if your leaders have sinned in the camp and they realize it or someone points it out you sacrifice a bullock and it was how to use the blood on the points of the altar to forgive something or to atone for something that we realize we've done and we are in a, a place of realizing things we've allowed into our lives into our culture and those two now we have Jesus Christ the mm-hmm. advocate that blood adequately pictured that passage and it seems so natural to realize what we've allowed into our life I can't let Satan drag us down and beat us up over it we're to just go atone for it for the cross <laughs> and then march on to the thing that's given to us anyway both those Amen. passages have really hit me hard and you just call me up <laughs> to read them thank you yeah hey don't sit down just yet um so this is uh, James Charles, y'all. Um, we were in the Marines together. He was uh, he w- he was an older Marine as I was a brand new Marine coming in, and um, and I, I was riding with him uh, one day to our our unit, and um, I was sitting and living in the domain of darkness, and he, being in the kingdom of his dear son was uh i was in the back seat and he was talking him and the driver and um i wasn't saying a whole lot you can uh you can probably imagine that and i was just listening to him and he was sharing about uh psalm psalm 19 and how his father used to used to speak uh speak the truth and teach him the word and um and that was actually a a pivotal moment. He had no clue. I was just in the back listening. He had no clue. But that was actually a pivotal moment for me. And um, I grew up th- seeing all the pictures of Jesus holding a baby lamb and thinking that he was a wuss and a wimp. And here, this uh, this this bigger, badder, tougher Marine than I am is is sharing and talking about the Word of God. And and it, it and it shifted something in me to be able to to accept and and believe that um, I don't have to go off into all this darkness to to uh, get masculinity to find that he opened something up in me that allowed me to to look away from that and think I can look to God for for what it means to be a man. And uh, that was a pivotal moment for me. And and it, shortly after that, um, someone came to me and uh, and and you, you know the rest of the story, and a lot of y'all do. But um, uh, I was uh, 
I was, I was brought into the kingdom. He, and he was a pivotal, pivotal moment. And he never realized it until I told him years later, I guess. But, uh, we had, we had the same haircuts back then too. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. We had the same haircuts at that point too. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but James Charles, thank you. And, um, you, uh, you have a, uh, you have a special place in my heart because, because of that, that shift that you planted. You planted a seed in me that, that grew good fruit. So thank you. A lot of times we go in the world systems thinking we're going to get something, but God shows up and plants something else that we need. And he being in that kingdom, he planted a little seed of light while I was residing in the domain of darkness. And now that if we believe in Jesus, we are now in that kingdom, and we now have a new identity. Let's look at uh, 1 Peter 2.9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for his possession. Now, is there anything that will change that? Anything at all? No. Okay. Let's go to John 18. Let's check that out. John 18, verse, uh, we'll start at verse 33. John 18, 33. It says, uh, then Pilate went back. So this, I'll, I'll tell you where we're at. So Jesus has been arrested, and um, this, is where, uh, this is where Pilate is bringing him in and interrogating him, and, um, and he's about to be, about to be uh, crucified. So, so in uh, verse thirty-three, it talks about um, Peter uh, summoning G. I mean, Pilate summoning Jesus to interrogate him. It says, "Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the King of the Jews?'" And Jesus answered, "Are you asking this of your own, or have others told you about me?" Basically, is this your own idea, or did you hear it somewhere else? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied, your own nation and the chief priest handed you over to me. Now, what have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its origin here. So you are a king then, Pilate asked. You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this. And I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? said Pilate. After he said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no grounds for charging him. It's a, I've always found it so profound that Pilate looked truth in the face and said 
<laughs> what is truth? And sends them away. <clears throat> so in, in, the, in the middle of being accused and interrogated uh, by the royalty of this earthly realm, he still knew and rested in the confidence of what his father told him. This is my beloved son. I was born to be king. He knew the reason that he was born to be king. He knew that he was the king of heaven. No matter how this earthly realm treated him. All right, let's uh, let's look at um, we're going to look at another place where Jesus's identity as a king is recognized by people, or it's uh, it's tested by the people. Uh, so let's go to John six fourteen. So Jesus had just fed the five thousand families says that a huge crowd was following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing. He was healing the sick. So he tried to get away and, and just be with his best friends, the, uh, the 12 disciples. But the crowd of thousands, uh, they followed him and they were all hungry. So he multiplied the food to feed uh, all those thousands. So let's pick up in, um, in, in verse John 16, verse 14. And 15, when the people saw the sign that he had done, referring to feeding the 5,000, multiplying the food, they said, this really is the prophet who was to come into the world. So they recognized that Jesus must be the Messiah. Verse 15, therefore, when Jesus knew they were about to come and take him by force and make him king... He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So here the, uh, the, the people saw, they saw him work miracles, and they, they recognized the blessing that, that he brought to them. Uh, now, they didn't have the full picture, but they did recognize that Jesus must be the Messiah. So they assumed him for an earthly role of what they thought a king should look like. Do you see that? They they took him and they said, we're going to make him the king. They recognized he's the Messiah. Therefore, he must need to fit this role that we expect of him. They were going to try and take him and institute him as the king over their earthly system. They wanted their borders to be uh, reestablished by the Messiah, but his kingdom doesn't have latitude and longitude. All right, his kingdom is not of this world. So, what is what is his response to this? What is how does Jesus respond to this? So they tried to establish him as a political rival to their oppressors. He should be building an army to overthrow their Roman oppressors. One of his disciples was a zealot, and I imagine that uh, zealots have a lot of zeal. Um, you, you know that guy that is uh, this, uh, always passionately talking about politics? All right. In, uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts, they all refer to Simon as Simon the Zealot. He had that reputation. He had that about him. Everybody must have known 
he was the zealot. Uh, must have been a big part of his identity. He's probably pretty vocal about it. Um, in the eyes of Rome, he was he would have been a terrorist. Um, so I would imagine that when they are rushing and trying to establish Jesus as king, Simon the Zealot must have thought, oh, this is it. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. What would be more momentous, what would be greater than for the king of Israel to defeat the most powerful empire on earth and set free God's people? What would be greater than the most significant revolution in the history of mankind? Yahweh destroys the gods of the nation and raises up the nation of Israel. What would be better, right? But instead, Jesus goes off to be with his father. (laughs) He slips away to be in the presence of God. They were thinking earthly thoughts. They were thinking... This is the Messiah. God sent him so that the people of Israel could be liberated from Rome. They couldn't see that his kingdom was of another world. So we, uh, a lot of times we have so much trouble thinking heavenly thoughts. Um, Are you living in anxiety and fear about what's going on in the world? Stop watching the news. All right, and that includes your Instagram and Twitter feed. All right, if, you're, if you are living in anxiety and you're watching the news at the same time, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. All right? Because TV and social media are constantly sending you earthly wisdom. They're constantly sending you earthly ideas of what, what, what viewpoint you should ascribe to. Okay, they will tell you, you should back Israel. You should back Palestine. You should stand against terrorism. You should stand against genocide. So, I'm not going to give you any answers, nor my opinion on it, about what to think about what's going on over there. But I will tell you, do not let the earthly systems tell you how you should think and how you should operate in regards to it. Hear from heaven. The earthly system wanted to force Jesus into a role. The earthly system wants to force you into a role. Don't submit. Go into the presence of our Father in heaven and hear from him. Um, Josh, what you said was amazing. Seeing, um, um, talk, hear, hearing about uh, what the people in China may face if they, if they say, I'm going to align myself with the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Man. you're teaching your family we're not going along with the earthly systems thank you 
We need more. We need more mothers and fathers like you that will say we're not. We're not. We're, our family is not going the way of these earthly systems. No matter what the cost, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the consequences are, we are following Jesus. Thank you. Carter, I saw you here earlier. There you are. Carter, um, you and um, you and your wife, y'all are, you are a, I told you this morning, you are a blessed man. Your wife is a blessed woman. What, what the earth is going to see, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, this man and woman is blessed. Let's, let's, let's get them and bring them into, into this. Let's set them into this role. Let's push them here. Let's, let's get them to go do this. But you have a heavenly purpose and a heavenly calling. I have respect for you too. I love y'all. And, uh, and I believe that uh, you are established in his voice and in his word that when, when the world comes along and says, you, need to, you should look like this, you should do this, you have the grit in you to stand and say, this is not my purpose. This is not our calling. All right, I'm going to read uh, John 18. Go back to John 18, 33. We're going to look at it. We're going to go through it one more time. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking me this of your own, or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its origin here. So you are a king, Pilate asked. You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this. And I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who listens to the truth, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth, said Pilate. So you've been brought out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. You actually have a heavenly role as a kingdom son and daughter. You have a role as a royal priest in God's kingdom. And the world will try to hold you to their standard. The world will put expectations on you that you need to look and operate this way. You need to be doing X, Y, and Z according to them. Um, worship team, can y'all go on and make your way up here? And y'all can begin. And so, when that role is, uh, when that role is rejected by these earthly systems of the world, when your role 
is rejected, what do we do? How do we respond? So back in John 18, let's read a little bit further. We'll start at John 19, 1 through, 1 through 3. As, um, this is right after Pilate interrogated him. John 19, 1 through 3. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted a crown, twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and threw a purple robe around him. And they repeatedly came up to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were slapping him in his face. The, the world completely rejected Jesus' kingship in this moment. Completely rejected. When they wanted to force him to be king, he remained in line with the purpose of his father. When they tore him down and humiliated and mocked him, he stayed in line with the mission of his father. He had a heavenly role to do in this earthly realm. Um, If they did it to Jesus, they will surely do it to you. Um, in In our lack of heavenly thinking and in our lack of a heavenly mindset, a lot of times we look at circumstances around us and we attribute it to God. Um, What I mean is we get the approval of man and we interpret that to mean, oh, this is the approval of God. Don't conflate the praise of man with the approval of God. It's easy to do. It's really easy to do. And on the other side, we also tend to um, we tend to see rejection or resistance from the world as the work of God as well. All right, we we tend to see that when the world shuts us down, oh, that that must be the Lord closing the door for us. It's easy to look at our circumstances and think this is what God is doing. But in Jesus' circumstance, he slipped away and he went on the mountain to be with God to hear his voice. So don't let the don't let the world's reaction to you make you reinterpret what God has said to you. Alright, I'm gonna say that again. Don't let the world's reaction to you reinterpret what God has spoken to you. This all comes back to intimacy with the Father. When they when they flogged Jesus and twisted a crown of thorns on his heads, they mocked him and slapped him. That was the world trying to humiliate him and shut him down. But what happened was, for the last two thousand years, people have been looking at that and saying, "Wow, the glory of our King." Um, the world tried to humiliate him, but. He was exalted. And if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be able to 
to know the extent of the glory of our King Jesus. We, we wouldn't be able to see it. Um, this is the systems of the world. It tries to humiliate, but the kingdom, in the kingdom, we become exalted. The world tries to exalt, and we humble ourselves. Um, so I want to land with a. It all comes back to intimacy with what with the Father. That's where Jesus went to. What is he saying? What is he doing? How can we align ourselves with him? When he speaks to you, the world will twist it. Don't submit the word of God to your circumstances. Don't submit the word of God to the world's system of judgment. Um, we're going to open up a time for prayer and a ministry if you need it. Um, as we go out into the world... It wants to shut down what God is doing. It wants to start something else that God isn't doing, and it wants to send you on either way. But the key is intimacy with the Father, staying connected with Him.